Many preppers realize that when things get bad, being in a big city isn't the best idea. Most think about buying a piece of land and building a bug out location, and some even consider moving there permanently to homestead and try to live off the land as much as possible. But what if those two things aren't an option? Some preppers are looking for other options, and one might have found the perfect setup. Hey, this is episode 738 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's episode, The Last Move Before It All Falls Apart. I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found in the show notes. Hey, are you looking to up your preparedness knowledge? Don't spend time bouncing around the internet for the best preparedness content. Instead, sign up for the top 10 preparedness articles and get them right in your email. For $5 a month, you can get the top 10 articles from Prepper Website sent to your email weekly. You can choose to read them or drop them in the Pocket app and have them read to you as you go about your day. The Buy Me a Coffee link to the top 10 are in the show notes. But even if you're not wanting to get the top 10, you should still visit my link and see what I'm doing over there. I'm using Buy Me a Coffee as my social media and connecting with listeners there. Hey, before we jump into the article for this episode, I just want to give a shout out to preppers who are listening in other countries. Now, uh, you know, most of the listeners are here in the United States and Canada. I have friends listening in Australia, but uh, lately I've seen a lot of other listeners coming from other countries that have not popped up before. So I want to give a shout out to my friends in Norway, in New Zealand, in Italy, in South Africa, and Indonesia. Hey, welcome to the Prepper Website Podcast. I'm so glad that you are listening and I hope you enjoy it. I hope that you're able to prepare in your area. And if you have a, a chance and opportunity, I'd love to hear of about what preparedness looks like for you in your country. It always has a little bit of a different flavor for different people. So uh, hopefully you can uh, send me an email and let me know what things are like over in your part of the world. Hey, I also want to send a big congratulations to my friend, Mick Rowland. His first book, and I've talked about his podcast where he's actually reading his book. He's read his first book. He's getting ready to finish his second book, uh, at least reading it. I mean, it's available for you. But his first book is now on Amazon on Audible. And so, uh, you know, congratulations, Mick, for that. Guys, if you want to go listen to a free audiobook, you can go check him out. I'm going to link to his podcast. Um, but if you want to support him, you can go buy his Audible book and uh, you know support him that way as well, as, as well as all the other books. I mean, he's reading books that he's already written. He's got five books into this series, and he's working on book number six. So anyway, congratulations. Congratulations, Mick, on that, and uh, I hope you do well over there on uh, Audible and, and Amazon. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into this article. This is written by my friend PJ. PJ, I, I have read a couple of her articles already on uh, the Prepper Website podcast, and she does a great job. And so this article here is detailing the last move, her last move, uh, to uh, a specific location and everything that went into it. And I got to tell you, there was a lot of 
interest in this article. A lot of people have clicked on it. A lot of people have uh, sent me emails about it and have also commented about it. And so uh, I think this was one that I wanted to put on the podcast because there might be a lot of people who are thinking this way because of all the craziness that's going on. So this article, she was, you know, PJ sent it to me. I posted it over on preparedchristians.com. And I'm going to go ahead and read this one for you. I think you're going to find it very, very valuable. So again, this is called The Last Move Before It All Falls Apart. So let's go ahead and get started. All things considered, I'm very blessed. As a single gal and being newly retired, I could live anywhere I want. Life's circumstances and the Lord's urging prompted me to relocate back to my home state in the upper Midwest. Initially, I rented an apartment in a college city located on the interstate highway system about halfway between two cities where most of my family reside. After two years there, I changed my circumstances and moved to a small out-of-the-way town in a very rural part of the state. This article will detail how and why I chose where to make my last move. I have a great best friend of many years who is a widow and she has a grown daughter who is out of her own out on her own and living not far away. My friend and I decided to share living expenses and since we each live on a fixed income, this arrangement benefits us both. So looking over the horizon toward the direction our country is headed, it was vitally important we relocate to a suitable rural town. We spent several months planning the move, researching, and traveling to locations before making a decision. This was going to be the last move for each of us, and we didn't want to make a big mistake. Each of us is a devoted Christian and consider ourselves preppers. For many years as individuals, we have sought to allocate our resources in a way that is biblically sound. We want to be good stewards of what we have with an eye towards helping others in our families and new neighbors. It was important to find a place with a suitable dwelling to inexpensively rent since homeownership was not feasible. Using the principles and precepts of Rawlsian survivalist philosophy, we began to look for a rural town with less than 3,000 in population, at least 10 miles or more away from the interstate highway system or highly used state highway system, staying away from the golden horde and lines of drift. The more inaccessible, the better. Yet the location had to be balanced with access to good medical care and a quality hospital because as seniors, we frequent doctors for a variety of reasons. Each of us has ongoing health issues, which require periodic doctor visits and occasional health tests. The location had to have few, if any, potential man-made threats, like chemical plants, too near a nuclear war target, military base or depot, a large prison, etc., and have robust systems in place for all potential emergencies. Most of the towns considered had good police, fire, and county sheriff departments, and a few with outstanding ambulance emergency services as well. All had tornado early warning systems, which were tested periodically. Some even had designated community term- tornado shelters. Once an area was located that met most, if not all, of the basic survival needs, we started to hone in and find the town that also met our personal desires and quality of life needs as well. Primary among these needs was finding a suitable dwelling to rent. It had to be large enough for two, with at least two bedrooms, a patio for container gardening, and a garage for my car, all on a single level. I had spent two years in a second-story apartment unit, and my knees just couldn't take it anymore. The rent must be significantly cheaper because that is the budget category that would save us the most money. We wanted to find a way to give ourselves additional income to cover increasing medical expenses 
pay for travel and more preps. This could be accomplished through a much cheaper housing cost. Small town rentals are far cheaper than city, city rentals, probably because fewer people typically choose to live in the country. For that reason, it is also hard to find suitable properties to rent in a small town, especially for seniors or those with special needs. Most American small towns have large, older homes which have been converted to several apartments and are in various states of disrepair or minimal repair. We were looking for a single-family home or duplex unit that fit the bill with responsive, well-run management. Next, the town had to be far enough away from a larger city that had the discount stores we could afford, yet have all the retail amenities necessary to survive if those places were cut off for any reason. This has since proven present due to rising gasoline prices, which we have coped with easier by dipping into our long-term food storage and shopping at our local grocery stores even more than usual. It was important to select a location that is like-minded in many respects. It must be politically conservative, have low crime, good schools and libraries, and an active civic life. We wanted the small town virtues that are still alive in America and find a place that stubbornly clings to Christian values, which will not easily yield to encroaching leftist bullying. Personally, we also desire to live near Amish enclaves, of which there are several in my state. I do scratch cooking to save money, and I love to shop in Amish bulk grocery stores, where I purchase most of my baking ingredients. We also reason that where there are Amish, the local governments are more conservative and responsive to their needs. Happily, this meant we would also have access to several farmers markets, not only in our town, but in our other nearby small towns. It also meant being close to the many grain elevators which dot the map within a 20-mile radius of the town we finally selected. These grain elevators represent a last-ditch food effort. Initially, I used Sperling's Best Places Guide Online as a tool to help make this selection easier. I found this an especially useful tool in finding towns with the right population size, low crime, politically conservative, and religiously active. Once we honed in on a few candidates, we began to read their local newspapers and anything we could find about it online. I viewed at least 100 YouTube videos put together by local chambers of commerce, tourism boards, high schools, active civic clubs, and personal descriptions found on citydata.com. The town we ultimately selected has the following qualities. It has a population of 2,500 people located 20 minutes away from an Amish enclave in an area of many lakes, farm ponds, one primary river, and several creeks. We are in a small complex of single-story, two-bedroom duplex homes, each with attached garage and concrete patio in the back. The rent is $230 less per month than what I was paying before. The entire complex is elevated above street level, giving a line of sight advantage. Additionally, some of the units are barely visible from the street due to a constructed berm separating it from a cemetery on one side of the complex. Our unit is on that side. There is a farm with a pond across the street from our home. The farm family that owns it allows us to fish there. If needed, they will allow us to tote water from it. But we do have already in place two weeks of water for each of us and the means to capture rainwater, which averages significant amounts annually. We plan to filter the water with our Berkey filter. Our home is located 20 miles away from the closest interstate highway as the crow flies. Our town has a charming, well-preserved downtown with several active businesses, including a hardware and grocery store. There is a dollar store on the edge of town as well. Our town has quality schools and active civic life. 
with several veteran groups and churches. It does get some additional vehicular traffic during tourist seasons, chiefly from RVers camping at a nearby state park. It has a professional police department, a county sheriff's office, emergency ambulance medical services, and an early warning tornado system. It is 23 minutes away from a hospital in a town with a population of about 11,000, which also has a Walmart and two farm and ranch stores. Additionally, we are 45 minutes away from other big box and discount stores in a city with a population of 250,000. This city is southeast of our home and is a tertiary nuclear target. We are safely located upwind of any fallout from this target. Our town is also downwind of another nuclear target designated as primary on most lists. It is a reserve military base but was downsized during the Clinton administration, rendering it most likely to be a secondary target at this time. We are downwind of this target by 80 miles, and the prevailing winds in our location make the risk to be about 33% of direct and dangerous fallout. The remaining targets in a radius of 100 miles of our home have about a 33% risk of fallout to our location, yet from much farther distances, rendering the fallout even more survivable. Making a realistic appraisal of our skills, age, physical limitations, and life needs, we had to compromise on some of our choices. For starters, we have chosen to shelter in place and not bug out. There is just no way to practically leave in a well-maintained yet 11-year-old vehicle that neither of us can repair. We do not wish to be at the mercy of whatever animal, human, or otherwise we would have to deal with if stranded and on unfamiliar ground. We have the advantage of living in a sparsely populated area and have assessed that those who live in the larger cities within a radius of 350 miles, the distance most tanks of gas will take people, of our home will most likely bypass the lesser used highway into our town. Indeed, the people who live in the two most populated areas of my state, each of which is two and a half hours away from my location, never really think about my area. Very few people travel here or rarely see anything in the media about this region. To boosters of my town, this is frustrating because they want to grow business here. But to me, it is perfect in its relative isolation. Even the town of 11,000 closest to us would empty towards the interstate highway, which is closer to them farther east in the opposite direction of my home. Still, we are prepared for those who would choose to travel to our town and do mischief. Leaving the area, they would most likely not resort to theft until they run out of gasoline much farther south, so I do not anticipate too many disruptions. These will be the masses who have not prepared and who are seeking the warmer climates who will pillage only those towns and villages nearest the interstate highway or those closest to where they finally run out of gas and or have a vehicle break down. We are far enough away from nuclear targets to have any blast effects, yet there is a potential fallout threat. We are prepared to build an improvised indoor shelter to cope and have the preps in place to do this. We chose a town that has no other real threats but weather-related chiefly the occasional harsh winters, cold and snow, and potential tornadoes during tornado season. We have focused our preps on winter survival in place to the extent we are allowed to as renters, so we have the tools needed to heat the unit, cook our food, and keep ourselves warm for several months off-grid. We have a concrete patio where we will do container gardening. This year will be the first garden. We have six months long-term food storage and are five to seven years deep in all the consumer products we use the most. We have beefed up the security of the unit with management permission and have the ample means to defend ourselves. My roommate's Terrier Mixed Dog is a wonderful early warning security system too. I am grateful to have made this move just ahead of the rampant inflation that now grips our economy. 
because I lowered my cost and increased my preps, especially food and the consumer products I used the most, I was ready for big price increases. Even with the higher prices of food and gas, I'm still able to increase my other investments and more importantly, what I can give to ministries. All in all, I find small town living is much more relaxing and enjoyable at this time of my life. Even with the pandemic and lockdown, I see smiling people more than frowning people in my town. This last move has so far proved to be the best move I've ever made. For anyone of any age who wants to relocate to a safer place to better ride out the uncertain future, I hope this gives you some idea how to change the circumstances by which you live to give you more peace of mind. For those of working age and not retired, if you can find a job in a small town or work from home, this is a way to afford to live better if you can't afford your own rural homestead. If you have handyman skills, you could parlay these skills into an apartment or rental house with a property management company that services a rural area. You could also offer to do maintenance work on an older unit in exchange for less rent. Think about renting a home or rent to own a house in a small town. There's still time to do it if you start today. All right. I think guys, this is an excellent article about how to go about finding a place to live. Now, if you, if you are someone who is willing to move and all those different kinds of things, this is exactly how to do it. And, you know, nowadays, I think, especially with the pandemic, a lot of people are working from home. A lot of companies, that's one of the, the things that what has been talked about is that there's going to be a lot of commercial property that is going to be available because companies realize that they could work from home and continue making profit. You know, so why not do that? Why not do that and not pay the commercial rent and insurance and all the things you have to do that that way? Be able to pay uh, maybe your people a little bit more money working from home, and it just you know continues to work for everyone. You know, uh, when we were locked down and I was working from home, I loved it. I mean, I was working more hours. I was on the computer and and putting in you know some really late hours, but. I loved being able to get up and go to the go to the kitchen for lunch and make my own lunch. Was able to you know go outside to stretch my legs a little bit and you know walk around outside. Uh, I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it. You know it it was um, if I could do that on a regular basis, I would do that and just kind of have the Zoom meetings and and work through email and all the things that that uh, I did at that time. So there's a lot of other people that are willing to do that or their their jobs are willing to do that if you're not retired. And so, you know, that is a big option, just getting to a place that would have an internet, a decent internet access so that you could be able to work from home. So this is one of those options. Again, like I said, at the very beginning of this episode, some people want to, I mean, they, they look at the, their cities. I mean, I live out in the suburbs of Houston and I crime is going up. I mean, that is one of those things. And so there are people who are considering, hey, how can I move out of the cities? How can I move out of of the suburbs as well and move to a, a place that's a little bit safer for me and for my family? You know, thinking about those small towns and and um, just you know that small town feel. Sometimes you see those on on TV or you see those in the movies, and a lot of the times, you know, you look at that and like, man, that. That's kind of like maybe going back in time just a little bit where people liked each other and people weren't, you know, so, so crazy and all those different kinds of things. And man, if you could find a place like that, I mean, who wouldn't want to move to somewhere like that? Yes, you give up some of the big city life. 
um, you know, maybe big theaters and going to the, you know, go, going and seeing plays and, and whatever. But I'll tell you the truth. I mean, I don't do that stuff right now anyway, so I wouldn't be losing anything. Um, I could see maybe wanting to go to a, a bigger store, uh, like if, you know, the hardware store didn't have the stuff that I needed or whatever, having to drive way far out. I mean, right now I can get to a big Home Depot and a big Lowe's, you know, in about seven minutes from my house. But I can see where that would be kind of a pain. But for the most part, you know, you just kind of work around that. So this is one of those things that's very possible for a lot of people if you're able to do that. Uh, Not to mention the fact that sometimes small town living uh, would also save you a lot of money, just kind of like what PJ said here. So anyway, like I said, I have had people email uh, one one lady in the comment section said, where, where exactly are you? Because I'd love to go uh, move where you are, you know? And so it, this is one of those things where it's not hard to do it. It just takes a little bit of time of research and, and a little bit of time of, of searching online. And nowadays you have so much available to you online where you can do a lot of pre, pre-selecting before you actually go out there. And I thought some of the things that, you know, there's there's places online that will give you population information, will give you the size of uh, uh, police and, you know, police force and fire departments and uh, give you crime and give you demographics, all that kind of stuff. But then the other things are you know, finding the online newspaper of that community and then looking up YouTube videos, not only of the Chambers of Commerce, but I thought it was a great idea. One of the things PJ said here was looking at, you know, videos from the high school and things that people had put out there kind of give you a little bit of a feel of what's going on. So I thought there was just a a lot of great ideas as far as researching before you actually start jumping into a city that you're not necessarily familiar with. I thought the idea of being around the Amish was great in farmer's markets and then all the water that she talked about, the creek and the ponds and all that kind of stuff. I think that's very, very smart. All those things were really, really thought out before the move. So if you are in this type of circumstance, hey, you can you can do this. And so, like I said, I'm going to link to this article so you can go and read it. There are links to the different, uh, like citydata.com and some of the other places that she, she visited to get information and demographic information about um, the areas that she was looking into, her and her, her friend. But then the other thing is, is maybe you want to take some of those, um, some of those places that are there, and just kind of look up your city or your the suburbs or where you live right now, and see what kind of information uh, is going on about your city. Because sometimes we get so busy, we we're not really paying attention to crime, or we're not paying attention to population changes, or uh, median household incomes, and different things like that. So that might be something you just want to do and just look up your own your own area. But I'm going to link to that in the show notes so you can go over to the article and click on those links. The other thing I'm going to link to is PJ's um, digital store. So Golden Page Media is her digital store. And you can check out some of the products that she has put together. Um, you know, again, this is, you know, a way that she is making money. I've always talked about, you know, side hustles and finding ways to make money. And this is one way that she has done it, making digital products. So there are digital products that are free here on her store. And then some um, that are, you know, just a few bucks. The most ex- expensive item is $5.95. 
And that one is very well worth it. I, I did purchase that one myself. So I'm going to link to her store. Go check it out. Again, there's some free products and, and some other things you might want to consider. And then just to kind of support her. And, you know, I think it's important that we support people in preparedness. And, and she's written some really great articles. And so I really appreciate her and her insight uh, into preparedness and, and how we can help each other and help ourselves and our families. So uh, go check out those links as well. Well, everyone, that's it for episode 738. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And don't forget, if you're looking for more preparedness and self-reliant information, head on over to PrepperWebsite.com, where we link to 8 to 12 articles every day of the very best self-reliant articles out there. We also have pages dedicated to alternative news, firearms, DIY, Bible prophecy, frugal living, and homesteading. And lastly, don't forget to join the email list if you haven't. When you do, I'm going to send you a free PDF on 25 handpicked preparedness articles that you should read. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next time, live with no regrets and stay prepped and aware. Peace.